Mic check, mic check. Where the f is my check? You now tuned in to do rags and boat shoes. Go ahead and get this turned down. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy A Double, and you're now tuned into episode 120 of Do Rags and Boat Shoes. Uh, just gotta apologize to you guys uh, last week for not uh, knocking out an episode. Uh, the day I was going to record last week, we actually ended up uh, hanging out with my niece. So I really can't apologize too much for that because you know I had a great time with her. You know, spent a whole bunch of time with her and. Uh, basically all we were doing, I bought her this, uh, shopping cart, but we bought her this shopping cart, me and the wife, and, you know, we were just playing, uh, checkout, and next thing you know, like, almost five hours then flew by, and I'm like, shit, I better go home, and, you know, I gotta get ready for work the next day, so, that's all that happened, uh, last week, nothing too, uh, dire, you know, I know a few folks, uh, shot the email and was like, where's the new episode at, and things like that, I appreciate those emails, but, uh, just some family time, just hanging out with my niece and uh, having fun with her and just kind of lost track of time. And, you know, that's my heart right there. So, uh, you know, just having a good time with her and playing around with her and goofing off with her and stuff and chopping it up with my mama. Uh, you know how that go. You know, you try to do a quick visit and next thing you know, you sitting over somebody's house for five, six hours, you know, time to just flew by when you're having fun. So and it was much needed, too. It was one of those things that was much needed a sabbatical uh so to speak but uh hopefully everything's been going good with y'all um i guess we'll go ahead and get started on that good old summer jam screen we got a lot to talk about uh with summer jam selling hope like dope uh hold this l not all heroes wear capes and uh health over wealth so uh, i guess we'll get started with uh the summer jam screen so first things first uh, we have to say rest in peace uh, to Dr. Timothy Cunningham. Uh, that was the, the doctor that was missing who worked for the CDC. Uh, he was found in the Chattahoochee River. Uh, you know, the pictures being painted by authorities is that Dr. Cunningham was an avid jogger and he was found in the riverbank wearing his favorite jogging sneakers. Now, what's odd about this is... Uh, you know, he left his debit credit cards at home, his cell phone at home, and his dog was at home at the time of his disappearance. Now, I don't know what type of dog uh, Dr. Cunningham had. Most folks like to take their dog jogging. Most folks will take some kind of ID with them. Um, you know, his wallet was left at home. Uh, his cell phone was left at home. Most people take their cell phones with them. They have them, you know, in them arm packs, you know, you know, them little arm wrap things. And, you know, they have their music playing while they're jogging. And uh, most folks take some form of currency with them, you know, just in case they want to, you know, stop off at a, like a corner store or something and get a, a, you know, a Gatorade or something like that or a Powerade or a bottle of water. 
Um, so they're trying to paint it like he was out on a jog and somehow he just fell into the river. But remember, when he first went missing, they looked into the river and uh, they didn't see nothing. And now all of a sudden, a couple of fishermen found him washed up on a bank. All right. So that just sounds a little bit iffy to me uh, with his disappearance. Um, you know, something just isn't adding up with this story. Uh, the brother, he had a lot going for him. Um, you know, like I said, they said he was passed up for a promotion. Uh, you know, you get passed up for a promotion, you just work a little bit harder and try to get it, get it the next time what's going on, you know, or you try to look for a raise. Um, he also had, uh, but what he had going for him, he was in uh, Atlanta uh, Business Chronicles 40 under 40 last year. Um, so I just suspect nothing but foul play. You know, I don't care what any of the official statement says. I think he put two and two together and he figured something was going on. Some kind of epidemic or pandemic uh, was going on between some sort of virus and how it was being spread or how it will be spread. Uh, or he just knew something wasn't right and he was going to uh, blow the whistle. You know, it could have been him passed over for that promotion and he knew something. He's like, oh, OK. Well, I just let the streets know what is actually going on here at the CDC. So, uh, but still, may that brother rest in peace. Um, hopefully, we'll know the true story of what happened with this brother's disappearance. Um, let's see what else we got going on in that Summer Jam screen. Oh, did y'all see that Negro that was topless that ran out in front of Bill Cosby when he was going to trial? I just... I don't know if y'all been sleeping under a rock a couple days ago. Uh, a, a black feminist was topless, uh, titties out. She had all these feminist slogans written on her uh, on her breast and her body, her torso, and she was out there hooting and hollering in front of Cosby. And uh, security threw her ass in the bushes. The cops did, and you know was manhandling her in the bushes as she was yelling and shit like that and i just want to know where was her backup like she was part of that female group or whatever supposedly um why wasn't there any more people there to help her out you know to uh, fight that fight with her why was she the sole person out there and she was on a couple of episodes of the cosby show and um I just want to know where was her backup? Where was her support? Why was she the only one out there topless? You know, usually when you see these kind of demonstrations and things like that, it's multiple topless women, you know, at these at these uh, these things that interrupt folks and uh, bring awareness, so to speak. So I wonder why her black ass was the only one out there uh, supposedly fighting her good fight, so to speak. Niggas and flies, niggas and flies. That's all I really have to say. And speaking of Negroes, did y'all see the video that was released of Stefan Clark's brother, Stevante, uh, running around an electronic store holding up money to his ear like it was a telephone? Fucking despicable. All right. Uh, this brother is on the news. He was talking about he has mental issues uh, because he's been receiving some harsh, harsh criticisms from people. Um, you know about his actions and how he's been grieving and mourning because uh, he's been acting a little bit strange in some of these uh you know the city hall meeting talking about you know do y'all love me say y'all love me or something like that or do i matter and 
all this other stuff and i know people grieve differently but uh this brother just looks like he's attention seeking uh he's trying to you know uh, gain some spotlight or something of that extent uh but uh there was a news article that came out and said that uh he released a statement saying that that money was fake because people were like yo i donated money you know to the family and all this other shit and you got this uh this nigga running around holding up money to his ear you know acting a, a full-on fool and i hope that's not the donation money so we already know how sketchy it can get with donation money uh, and you've seen what happened uh, down in ferguson when people were accusing of uh that girl netta of uh and some other folks of uh you know misappropriating them funds and you know buying some shit that really wasn't needed because people was just throwing up gofundme left and right during that ferguson era and i'm gonna speak about uh ferguson a little bit later um after um you know i talk about john boehner real quick the summer jam screen but uh make sure you check out the interview stevante did in the show notes there's a link to a video that he did and he's talking about his mental health issues so make sure y'all check out them show notes that i have up and i have reference links of uh everything that i talk about on the podcast so make sure y'all be checking them out and read them for yourself and come up with your own opinion uh you know i don't want anybody to be a minion of mine and to uh you know kind of form your own opinion and do some critical thinking on your own uh, hopefully we come to the same conclusion but if not you know let me know your take on the topics that i talk about you guys know the email do rags and boat shoes at gmail.com and do rags is spelled d-u-r-a-g-s but let's talk about john boehner uh john boehner former speaker at a house um speaking of speaker at a house y'all see a uh, punk ass paul ryan is planning on uh, retiring pretty soon Oh, that man is such a half a bitch. Just ain't even a whole ass bitch. He just half a bitch. Just such a punk. He was just, as soon as, you know, the Cheeto in Chief won, he was just, you know, he dropped to his knees and was like, give me all two inches of that, sir. You know, it's just such a sad, sad piece of shit. Uh, But fuck him. Because uh, he know he doesn't have, stand a chance, you know, in these primaries coming up and, you know, these different elections got going on. He, you know, the people are waking up. The people are waking up and realizing the power that they really have. Uh, so he knows the jig is up. So he might as well bow out while he still has the chance. But John Boehner, he has joined a weed firm called Acreage Holding and that Holdings and that company grows pot processes it and uh dispenses weed to uh legalized states and that's amazing to me because boehner was talking about just a few years ago how he uh you know how he you know disagrees with the legality of uh marijuana and shit like that but all of a sudden he's on the board as an advisory of this firm it's crazy to me to see so many conservatives uh jumping in on this train Uh, You know, experts are saying, and this is why they're jumping on this train, experts are saying uh, that the weed industry will be generating over $70 billion by uh, 2030. So, you know, that's why they're really jumping in on it. I remember I heard a few uh, years ago, uh, a couple years ago, um, my in-laws have some friends, have some uh, conservative friends that uh, are actually invested in a a dispensary in uh over in colorado and um 
It's always amazing to me, boy. A conservative, they 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 know how to jump on that money train, even if they disagree with it. It could be like a a baby killing factory, and they're just like, mm, well, it's, it's making it's, it's making about seven hundred million this year. I'm, I'm gonna see what I can do, you know. Let me just throw a little bit of money in there, you know. <laughs> but um, you know, folks need to quit playing and jump in on this weed game, cause this shit. This is about to blow up, you know, uh, I'm telling y'all right now, y'all watch how fast I drop $10,000 to invest in a dispensary, and then I'll take them profits, and then I'll open up my own little weed shop and make it grow, you know, and shit, turn that shit into the next Starbucks, because the, the weed nugget is going to be the coffee bean, that's where we're at right now, we're, we're on that cusp of about to see weed dispensaries start popping up like starbucks and i i need to have some franchise ownership not even a franchise my own chain you know i don't need nobody breathing down my back and having their own code of conduct you know pressed down on me but i'm, I'm definitely gonna jump in that game quickly and swiftly um you know because i mean folks really need to jump on this because you don't want to be the generation you know before me you know the folks that are in there you know i'm not gonna say well i would say couple maybe couple generations not well generation so i'm gonna say folks you know who about 20 years older than me um you know i feel like they're they probably have some regrets of not jumping in on that uh that coffee uh trade you know jumping in on that early in the game because they really couldn't fathom seeing people pay you know five six dollars for fast gourmet coffee so to speak you know most folks were just taking their coffee you know a little bit of sugar a little bit of cream and just heading on up out the door you know most folks was getting their coffee from the gas station and from uh you know fast food joints you know what i'm saying and then it kind of steered people away of uh coffee once that lady uh made so much money from um what was that mcdonald's when she uh spilled that coffee in her lap uh way back in the day and she got them she got a few m's off of that so that kind of stirred people away but the folks who gambled on it they cashing out you know they they retired early so i'm trying to, i'm trying to be like that you know i'm trying to have me a chain of uh you know uh doubles nuggets you know what i'm saying doubles weed nuggets you know what i'm saying doubles nuggets don't sound too right but let's <laughs> doubles weed nuggets you know <laughs> have them bitches all over america boy and um so what y'all really need to do is just you know pay attention to legislation uh politicians in your home state you know that want to legalize it and you know start trying to back those people because this is going to be huge this is this is the next wave right here you know what i'm saying like when you look at the technology wave but folks need to jump in on this weed wave but what's crazy on the flip side you still got the rest of these states you know handing out fines and jail time you know for people having a damn eighth so hopefully something changes because it, it doesn't make any fucking sense that you got folks in california colorado and in washington dc you know making money hand over hand over fist you know and uh you got folks just in a neighboring state or where yeah neighboring state you know serving you know five to seven years you know for having you know a kp you know a qp of a marijuana or some shit like that it's just wild fucking wild and speaking of uh marijuana i talked i was told y'all i was gonna talk about uh ferguson for a little bit so did any of y'all watch the uh 
Stranger Fruit documentary that finally released. It came out last week. I watched that last Tuesday afternoon before the wife got home from work. And uh, it fucked up my whole day. Fucked up my mood. Just just reliving the uh, the death of Michael Brown and just, you know, uh, the interviews with his mama and the brother that was with him. I forgot the man's name. You know, they saw everything that was right there when uh, uh, Darren Wilson killed uh, Mike Brown in the middle of the street. And um, just it, so that's what the document is about. It's about the death of Mike Brown and, um, you know, what the events that happened afterwards. You know, and it was heartbreaking, you know, just to see the eyewitness accounts of Mike Brown's murder. Um, you know, there's a very interesting part on the documentary where the chief of police um, talks about the convenience store uh, altercation that Mike had. So, you know, when they were trying to justify the murder, um, you know, the the chief of police blatantly told these reporters that uh, Darren Wilson did not know anything about the so-called strong arm robbery. And reporters asked him, well, why did he stop him? And the chief of police admits that Wilson stopped Brown from walking in the middle of the streets. And so they released that video of Mike, you know, pushing that clerk out the way uh, to justify Mike's death. And if you um, go back and look at Darren Wilson's interview, he says in the interview that he heard the call on the radio about the strong arm robbery, which is a fucking lie. And you know that he never released an official statement like he never filled out paperwork about the events that happened. Never did. He got that fucking two million dollars from fucking bigots and white supremacists and Blue Lives Matter who donated and he's just kicked up chilling somewhere. And... um so they, they, they released that whole clip to justify uh, Mike's death. And uh, then it then in the documentary shows a clip from MSNBC's uh, morning show, uh, Morning Joe. And Joe Scarborough, with his fucking Dilbert-looking ass, is justifying the murder by using the convenience store altercation. And the police, like I said, they never released an official statement from Darren Wilson because he never gave one. So... So you have little evidence and then the media, um, the cops not saying anything because you got little evidence. The cops barely saying actually what happened. And then the media created a narrative to fit what little evidence was uh, available. And then they um, pan to a clip of a journalist. I don't know her name, but she was speaking to uh, uh, ta Coates. And she says that Officer Wilson heard on the radio about the robbery and Mike fit the description, just a flat out lie. And then, like I said, in the uh, the uh, ABC um, thing or whatever the fuck you want to call it, in the ABC interview he did with, uh, who was that, Stephanopoulos, uh, he said that he heard it, heard the call go out on the radio, but it was just a fucking lie. He didn't hear it. Like, the chief of police just said that there's no way he could have heard about that yada 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 and what's fucking crazy about this um, altercation or whatever you want to call it is uh you have to look at the video surveillance from the night before so the night before mike mike walks into there uh, mike brown walks into the uh the, the thing 
and he has some weed for the guys, for the guys working the night shift at this convenience store, right? So he passes them the weed, and then they, they pass it to each other, they smell it and shit, and so they trade him for a little bit of weed for a box of Swishers, like a full box of Swishers. And so Mike takes the bag of Swishers from those guys from the night shift that he traded the, the weed for, and then he stops before he leaves and he's like no nah, just put it up for me you can see him suggesting like yeah just put it back on the shelf for him. like put it like put it up for me so these uh so the fucking convenience guy convenience store workers who's trading the the weed for the swishers the swishers for the weed they put it back on the shelf mike comes in the next day like hey he probably didn't want to bring that whole box of swishers home because his mom dukes was probably going to be tripping on him like what the fuck you got all this for and probably didn't know that he smoked or whatever whatever and so he goes in the next day probably when she's at work or wherever so he like okay i can hurry up and pick up these swishers and go on about my damn day and you know hurry up and put these hide these in my bedroom or whatever and so he comes back in there and the day shift guys they don't know what the fuck he's talking about and then he just takes his box of swishers and he just pushes the dude about the way and so that's when you get into um mike and a uh, homeboy walking down the street and so he's talking so the director is talking to homeboy who's, uh, who's walking with mike and uh, he they walk in the middle of this street and it's a double yellow line street and it's just like you know they just walk down the center of it by these apartments and uh officer wilson comes down he tells them to get the fuck up out the street and uh they're like oh we just gotta go right down here officer or some shit like that or we just going right down here and he says some shit like you know get the fuck up out the street you know just trying to strong arm them and then that's when the shit just chaos just breaks out and so basically he grabs mike pulls him down towards him and then uh mike is like trying to push off the car that's what all the eyewitness accounts say he's grabbing him and mike has both hands outside of the car door trying to you know push himself away from him. like yo get the fuck up off me get the fuck up off me and uh so and then that's when um and that's when uh, mike gets away and then he starts like walking away and then he says that's then the, the witness says that Gary Wilson just hops out pulls his firearm well he already has his firearm out because he shot Mike once at the uh at the and when he was like he said he shot him when he was trying to push away or whatever so Mike is walking away from the car and officer Wilson just hops out and just starts letting off rounds at him and then Mike takes so many hits and he turns around like yo giving up you know my hands are up and that's when uh he shoot he shoots him twice in the head he hits him with them two kill shots and the way that the witness the guy who was with mike mike describes it is just so terrifying that you see that he was actually there and it lines up with the other eyewitnesses there and them other eyewitness accounts and um and the guy the witness the, the guy that was with mike mike was scared that officer wilson was going to shoot him because when he hopped out he just pulled he just had his firearm out just letting off and he just walks right by him side by side like brushes right past him just letting these shots off and if you remember the um the um the autopsy the brown family had a separate autopsy go on and it and it concluded everything that he said you know that he had to turn around 
and that's when he fired them kill shots but remember officer wilson was talking about he was charging at him but all the eyewitness accounts said his hands was up he was like yo you know stop shooting me stop fucking shooting me that's what michael's yelling and that's where the whole phrase from hands up don't shoot that's where the fuck it came from right but the whole media they just had this all this confusion going on and all this goofy shit going on and uh you know the media they had so little information so they're telling it like oh officer wilson was coming down the street he heard the call he fit the description they gave him you know they gave him the narrative to use because he didn't know what the fuck to say and if y'all do some research um uh whatchamacallit fucking uh darren wilson was fired from a uh from a police um group or union whatever no uh police department because it was so fucking racist the uh, city council had to dismantle it and fire everybody and bring in all new officers because of the relations between the white officers and the uh the black community that it was supposed to be policing and protecting to serve and protect it was so fucking racist that they just you know they dismantled it but somehow he got a job you know a few miles down the road in ferguson you know it's just like what in the flying fuck but you guys have to watch this documentary uh it's called stranger fruit um it's a great documentary it's heartbreaking um but it really just them eyewitness accounts and how um and it talks about how the uh, chief of police is a bigot um and uh, how he was trying to uh, run or his superior Wilson's superior was a bigot and he was trying to run for office and uh, he, he was caught uh, destroying evidence and all this other shit and it's just and it talks about how the prosecutor of the uh, you know that was supposed to charge Wilson was actually working as his defense attorney and did everything in his power to discredit uh the eyewitness accounts and then remember y'all had that mystery eyewitness that woman who just fucking lied about everything but they allowed her testimony to come in and uh you know even though they said it wasn't credible and all this other shit they still kind of leaked it out to the so you know to the masses and shit like that and uh it's it's it, it was amazing to me how um how the system just works against us and it was heartbreaking and it was talking about how the prosecutor uh you know how he actually had a bone to pick with black folks because his father was a cop and his father was murdered by a black man on duty so he always always had a bone to pick with some black folks particularly uh particularly black men but um yeah the documentary is called stranger fruit is definitely worth the rent um you know it's heavy uh but definitely watch it definitely watch it and uh that's pretty much all i got for the summer jam screen so uh my nigga hove what you gotta say don't be the next get tested on that summer jam screen i smoke rocks i smoke rocks all right thank you tyrone biggums for that lovely intro of selling hope like dope i left the money up under the rug out by the back door for you so you can get the fuck up out the studio now thank you sir all right so moving on to selling hope like dope uh you know what i was going to give it to the seattle seahawks for uh you know how they played my man kaepernick 
they basically had a workout schedule for him for him for him to be a backup to uh, Russell Wilson and then they you know uh, stipulations on the uh, workout you know just to try out for them was uh, that he'll stop kneeling you know for the national anthem and he was like nah can't do that you know i'm not going to guarantee anything like that so they just canceled the workout altogether uh they're lying telling uh media outlets that they're going to reschedule it it's just a bold-faced lie they're not going to do that and then you got the yakubians online talking about oh he should just follow the rules of the nfl and there's nowhere in the rule book where it says you have to stand for the national anthem there's no nowhere no nowhere in there no fucking where in there that it says you have to do that and if y'all remember you know uh prior to uh what was it uh early 2000s uh they would stay in the locker room for the national anthem going over uh plays and shit like that then they would come out afterwards so they only started coming out to boost uh uh you know uh, people joining the military and uh things like that uh you know being part of the propaganda machine to uh brainwash people into being patriots so that's who i was gonna have it uh as uh you know selling hope like dope but we just knew that was gonna happen we knew that was gonna happen so i want to talk about uh folks gotta stop bullshitting y'all really gotta stop bullshitting and uh y'all gotta start uh monetizing your likes you know monetizing your likes on instagram facebook twitter you know uh i just saw a video by the 60 second docs uh you know they do 60 second documentaries uh on facebook my cousin shared it shout out to val i see you uh and it was a woman that opened a twerk studio in israel and she is cashing out i've said this many a times dollars over followers any damn day some of y'all are twerking y'all asses off on ig for thousands of likes and creating whole ass dance routines for shares and follows right so i need y'all to stop bullshitting and use your tax return to rent out a studio one day a fucking week and charge motherfuckers 15 to 30 dollars a drop-in fee a dance studio rentals are so fucking cheap for one hour here in Omaha, there's dance studios that'll let you rent out for 30 bucks an hour. And if you want to uh, do it frequently, like once a, one day every week, they'll run a program for you, a cheap little program for you, right? So if you can't rent out a dance studio, holler at your local rec center. Talk to them about doing a dance studio on certain days in the gymnasium and, you know, sharing some of them profits. You know, you can rent out, but that's cheap though. You can rent out a, a dance studio for a fucking hour. $30 and some change. So let's say, you know, you charge folks, you know, $20 for the easy math and you get 15 women or people, you know, it might be some dudes out there who like to shake their, uh, their chicken cutlets too. Uh, so you get 15 people to show up, you know, that's $300 minus the $30 that you spent for that hour. You just made $270 right there for a fucking hour, 270 damn dollars. And you know, what's crazy. You don't, you need to create your routine 
and have an auxiliary cord for your phone because the studios will throw in their sound system for free with that rental they will throw that in y'all gotta quit making shit hot and letting other folks monetize it and you then you up here you know you see some shit like that and you stuck like chuck with an empty palm and now you're on twitter making a fucking 200 tweet thread on cultural appropriation y'all motherfuckers need to cash out and if you want that white dollar i'm gonna give you some game you gotta sell it in a sense of defiance right make it seem like rules are being broken you know this twerk class is you know you could paint it like this twerk class is all about empowerment women taking their bodies back and not being constrained by societal norms you know you can uh truly be free in a judgment-free space you know i really i'm about to start charging y'all for this fucking podcast with this game i'll be dropping you know i give you the game all you got to do is fucking do it go out there and do it i know some of y'all right now listening be twerking y'all asses out off coming up with these crazy routines in your basement you know or in your living room and just doing all kind of wild shit y'all need to cash out on that y'all need to cash the fuck out on that that is a cheap ass hustle and a profitable ass hustle twerking is mainstream now y'all need to cash the fuck out and y'all better write all this game down because i'm going to delete this put this on patreon and i'm gonna charge motherfuckers 40 dollars for this episode y'all y'all think i'm playing keep playing with me that's been selling hope like dope this portion of do rags and boat shoes has been brought to you by the letter l as in hey yo my guy my hands are full give me a hand here can you hold this l all right so moving on to holding this l we have to give it to the white south african woman They got two years in jail for hurling uh, racial slurs at an authority. Uh, And she showed up to appeals court rocking cornrows. Vicky Vicky Momberg uh, was sentenced to three years in jail with one year being suspended for her colorful language towards a black officer that was there to help her after she was the victim of a smash and grab. Momberg can be seen on video using the word kaffir, which is an offensive term to uh, Africans, to black Africans, right? So during the pills course, she shows up in cornrows. I don't know. I guess she thought the judge was going to give her some leniency, uh, but they just moved her court date back even further. Uh, Africa is waking up to the bullshit uh, by the first colonizers. Um, Now, only if they would wake up to this uh, wave of Chinese colonizers that's coming in because they're they're trying to do some damage there they trying to you know get all them precious metals up out of there you know that we use for cell phones and things of that source and uh, you know Africa is just so naturally rich you know with all the resources there that, that are there the precious metals and things of that source and uh, you know I hope they do wake up you know I, I broke down the game what about 30 episodes ago 40 episodes ago i don't know how long ago it was i think it was still in the double digits uh about how the chinese were coming over there and uh basically trying to you know have some babies just so they can uh gain access to the land and stuff even after the contracts are up with the african government for them to get up out of there and uh yeah there's a lot of uh 
foul shit going on but on the flip side the chinese don't want the black africans in uh areas of china and shit like that you see how that works um that sounds very familiar right they taking a page out of the uh, white folks books right there but um anyways uh vicky Mombird, your bum in your bum ass braids y'all gotta hold this ale you win perfect all right so moving on to not all heroes wear capes we have to give it to the brother michael brown who's a senior at uh, lamar high school in houston now this is the young man if y'all seen the video he was uh accepted into over what was it 20 universities and his uh, reaction just went wild you know all of his friends were you know hooting and hollering for him and this brother uh <clears throat> excuse me he has a 4.68 gpa and he had a 1540 sat score and uh you know so just nothing but love and respect to this uh this young brother for uh doing it the right way um and you know what you always gonna have some haters uh come towards you especially when you're a young black man in here in america so if y'all don't know um it was it a it was a fox affiliate they called that young man obnoxious uh, because he got into 20 schools and they said that's 19 spots that he took uh, from someone else, meaning uh, other white kids. You know, that's all that that means right there. And uh, black excellence has always been obnoxious to the social hierarchy called white supremacy because it defies the logic used to excuse the fuckery, you know, to justify, you know, uh, why there is white supremacy and justifies uh you know it defies the justification that they use to keep harming those that are non-white specifically black folks and the concept of race you know it was introduced and it said that blacks you know the concept of race you know once it was introduced you know it said that blacks were inferior mentally and meant to be a class of servers you know an excuse to justify it was just an excuse to justify you know enslaving another human being you know saying blacks have lower iqs but we know the iq test is based uh, is uh, biased and then you know at the same time you say all these things about black folks but then you ban them from being able to read and write you know what i'm saying and going to school and learning so naturally somebody's going to be a little bit slower right you know, Africans can come over here and outperform Americans on these tests. So what's the excuse then, right? When you fast forward and you have these Nigerian brothers and sisters coming over here, blowing these tests about the water. And then, um, you know, they then they go on. If they can't use that excuse about the inferiority uh, mentally and being slow, they say we're more violent and a savage race. Uh, you know, is that, and that's coming from a slave owner. <laughs> who whips and rapes their property right and then you know these folks went to war with their own country to keep black folks as property you know before that you wiped out entire populations in the name of christ with the christian crusades right you, you, you wipe out just whole populations of people i mean you look at what happened to haiti just amazing right and then you look at how angry they get, you know, at these kids for talking about gun control. They're getting angry at, at white kids. I seen something on Twitter where somebody made a fucking cardboard cutout of David Hogg and was shooting it. 
This is a fucking teenager talking about gun control. A white teenager. So this shit will just turn and eat eat its own children. You know how sick in the fucking head you have to be to put up a, a cardboard cutout of a teenager and shoot it because they out here lobbying for gun control and for safety, American safety. You know how fucking sick in the head you are to be doing some shit like that? You know, but but you talk about black folks are just so violent and these crazed animals, right? And they, they never put anything in the context when they talk about, oh, black folks are 13% of the population but commit 50% of the crimes. And, you know, you already can debunk that just right off rip. It's just, you know, black folks aren't more violent and prone to commit more crimes. They're just convicted of more crimes. Convicted of more crimes than white people. So once they stand in front of that judge, that white judge, and this unjust system, they're convicted more okay because the judge fails to see the humanity in someone that doesn't look like him or her all right but um you know nothing makes sense right nothing makes sense in the system of white supremacy and it's nothing in its own purpose it's what i call purposed confusion that's what it's all about so you look at this black child michael brown who has this uh 4.68 GPA and scored a 1540 on the SAT and all of a sudden he's obnoxious because he got into all 20 schools that he applied for and he got over almost uh just got over uh a quarter of a million dollars in outside scholarship money but he's annoying because that's taking up 19 other spots for white children right so you know and then you look at what what these fox news you know they were trying to get it they were saying that he should have applied to four schools and he would have gotten just as much as would have gotten just as much attention which is no no bullshit that's bullshit it, it wouldn't it wouldn't you know um and what was just puzzling to me is they didn't have any problem just going off cold and i guess it's just because you know who's in the in the white house you know it just emboldens people and then you can be like oh free speech but you can always challenge that free speech you know you have a right to challenge that sort of speech but this just goes to show that no matter what you do it doesn't matter if you make your money hand to hand uh you do it the nine to five way you know you a stay-at-home mom or dad and you think you know whatever your vision of success is it will never be good enough for white folks here in america right so that's why you just have to live your fucking life and stop looking for you know acceptance from those in the dominant society you have to just live your fucking life because you see in this case right here it doesn't matter he gets gets into all these schools high gpa gets all this outside scholarship money and he's obnoxious that's what that child is obnoxious this little nigger is obnoxious that's what it breaks down to so and another weapon of this social hierarchy that we call white supremacy is to keep you explaining yourself you know it keeps non-whites explaining themselves and putting whites in an authoritative position and i told y'all 
episodes ago that I've 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 stopped explaining racism to white folks. I've stopped that. I've stopped explaining my experiences with racism with white folks because they know that it exists. They just don't give a damn about it. You know, and me explaining it to you to a white person is just me, you know, putting you in that position of you know, explaining and wasting time when I can be working on empowering my own people and empowering myself and trying to dismantle this system and replace it with a system of justice, a just system, and not some fucked up ass bullshit favoritism ass system that we have right now, but it's falling on its head, right? And you know, what's amazing to me is uh, people, you know, you if you are explaining racism, you know, to a white person, you know, they're, they're always like, well, you know, it's the Democrats, you know, telling black folks that, uh, you know, doing this, that and the third and got you on a Democratic plantation. But you like, well, look at the other side of the, the wing on the bird. You know, these are two wings of the same bird. Got the right wing and the left wing, left wing. You look at the right wing is doing the same thing to poor white folks. It's telling them that their problem is this non-white person over here. But why are they still stuck in a trailer park? sitting up on the system you see what i'm saying and wishing for factory jobs to come back and all this other shit and it's like dl hughley says you don't need you know a president you need a damn time machine if you want to do all that kind of shit you know so the democrats do the things that blacks did republicans do the same thing to poor whites right sell hope like dope that's all that it boils down to but my message clearly is this black folks do your fucking thing other non-white folks do your fucking thing and just thrive that's all you have to do is fucking thrive don't be out here on some you know head down to the ground you know kicking rocks and shit and feeling like you have to explain you know why this social hierarchy system isn't working no move in it manipulate in it and get you a good ass position and then work on empowering your people because no matter what you do if you speak truth to power or if you just work on empowering yourself it doesn't matter what you do it's never it's never going to be good enough because you know the system doesn't make sense it's all about purpose confusion so i'm telling you my nigga just thrive that's all you gotta do thrive all right so moving on to health over wealth last segment of the show you know what I say, without your health, you cannot enjoy your wealth. So this quote uh, comes from Fran Lebowitz, but let me uh, get into uh, why I came across this quote. Everything is a fucking hustle. People are being hustled left and right. And if you don't hustle, you're being hustled, right? Um, I was uh, delivering to uh, one of my Walmarts at the uh, first plantation at the nine to five. And um, I go inside and then I uh, deliver my product, head up front to take a piss. I have to piss real bad. Um, and it sucks because they don't have any uh, bathrooms in the back room. I guess because motherfuckers be still in there, you know, hey, it's a model, whatever it is, you know. So I walk out through the store and I uh, walk by the pharmacy. Little young white kid, probably about 13, 14 has on a great t-shirt love the t-shirt it's an amazing t-shirt it says um i kneel for the cross and i stand for the flag and i just and it hit me why the fuck 
did I not capitalize off of white fear when Colin Kaepernick started kneeling and catching hell during his silent protest during the NFL preseason? Why the fuck did I not think of this? So I, I so I came home and I got on my MacBook and I I, I typed in the phrase. And there are so many fucking little Amazon shops. There's a website called Redbubble that have all these different designs of I stand for the flag, but kneel at the cross. And it's like a picture of like uh, somebody kneeling in front of like Jesus on the cross. Then the back of the shirt has some guy like standing for it, stand like a silhouette of a man standing with the flag behind it. And we already saw that that one brother broke it down on Twitter how, um, you know, how people are violating the flag code by wearing it when it's not in like a military fashion, right? And I'm just like, that is fucking genius somebody out there right now is cashing out on white fear and i am so and i was i was almost sick to my stomach as to why why the fuck didn't i think of that why the fuck did i not think of that and i could have set up an ebay shop and got them shits off i'm telling you the next non-white person that does something in the name of justice i'm gonna capitalize off that white fear i am boy i was sick about that selling them t-shirts you know 20 to 35 dollars and i was just like my god there is a whole ass business of making money off of white fear and that's all the nra is that's all it is i mean you look at them propaganda ass videos that they have like when dana loesch was talking about the uh clenched fist and you know showing black folks in the street protesting you know they was using these stock footage clips you know to show that these uh these 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 black motherfuckers is coming for your guns and all this other shit so you need to stock up on even more guns there is a whole ass fucking business on white fear and it is a great one it is a great one it is making so much money right now and i am just sick to my stomach that i didn't come up with that i kneel at the cross but stand for the flag t-shirts man i am tight about that i could probably retire I could probably retire off of white fear. I just need to figure out a couple more hustles of white fear. That's what I need to do. You know, when uh, Trump got elected, I should have started making bootleg uh, MAGA hats. That's what I should have did. That's what I should have did. You know, created an eBay shop and kept, you know, my black ass picture up off there. <laughs> Man, I'm tight about that. But let's get into the fucking quote from Fran Lebowitz. It says, contrary to popular opinion, the hustle is not a dance step it's an old business procedure contrary to popular opinion the hustle is not a dance step it's an old business procedure and you know don't nothing nothing comes to anyone who doesn't hustle you have to hustle in this life you have to in this day and age having a nine to five is just not enough anymore you got to get back on that you know getting that hand-to-hand -hand money on the low 
you know or having some little side hustle going on if you off on the weekend you need to initiate side hustle saturdays you know what i'm saying maybe you got a little part-time here you know or maybe you uh you know do hair on the side or something it's just not enough just to have a nine to five anymore you know just the way that these jobs are just changing left and right you seeing uh you know like low skilled jobs like cashiering that's being phased out they got motherfuckers you know checking themselves out now you about to have no cashiers at all if they keep uh moving this way you seen the amazon you know starting with the grocery store gonna have uh basically no cashiers you just go in there and get what the fuck you want you walk the fuck out and it automatically charges you of what you picked up and you, you taken up out the store so that's where we're going to right so you need a skill but you need a hustle also you know so that's what it's all about hustling 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 this ties back into what i said about selling hope like dope a lot of y'all are very 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 talented i was about to say very talented but very talented but y'all just doing shit for likes and for attention and you got to start monetizing that shit you got to start hustling you gotta think outside the box like that person who created that first i kneel for the cross and stand for the flag t-shirt that was a fucking genius ass move it's just buying on white fear that's all it is and you know they probably swearing up and down oh yeah i'm a diehard christian and da 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 and all this other stuff well donate some of them proceeds to a church oh i can't do that you know i can't do that you know i gotta you know i gotta make a profit somehow <laughs> you know so it's it's all a fucking hustle that's why you have to be out here critically thinking right so it's kind of that duality you need to be a hustler you need to think like a hustler but don't be hustled don't be had by anybody you know that's what i was alluding to and when i was in the beginning saying i was sick about not coming up with that i was half-assed joking but you know that bunny started rolling in hey hey i'll donate you know 20 percent of the proceeds of every shirt you know towards some you know black organization or d put it back into my community somehow some way but people are out here hustling nose to the grindstone not giving a fuck you know and i hope y'all learned from you know uh, not all heroes were a case with that brother michael brown you know from the lamar high school with the 4.68 gpa that people gonna judge you no matter fucking what so get on your grind i don't care how silly you think other people think that you look because they really don't give a fuck just get out there and fucking do it all you have to do is start that's all you have to do is start so i should just title this episode you know having the spirit of a hustler because everything's just kind of tied into that you know from selling hope like dope to not all heroes wear capes you know to um health over wealth you know it's just having that spirit having that spirit of a hustler and not being hustled not being had all right so y'all keep fighting a good fight as always i love y'all and i will see y'all next week i promise unless i get to hang out with my niece and we you know be playing shopping and other stuff like that and you know doing each other's hair so <laughs> and i ain't got no hair <laughs> but you know if that's the case you know i'll just record on the weekend or something like that you know uh my little niecey poo she comes first and uh, i'm her uncle chicken so uh, she always comes first but like i said i will but not uh i say 80 percent. i'll see y'all next week but y'all will have an episode next week i can guarantee that it might not be on time but y'all have an episode though all right i love y'all one